Welcome. Thank you for listening to Spiritual Living with author and teacher Francois Feinberg. May the message you're about to hear earnestly touch your heart, and may it encourage you in your ongoing love of God the Father, your enjoyment of the Lord Jesus Christ, and your fellowship in both the Holy Spirit and the body of Christ. The ministry of God the Father is to impart light into his sons and daughters. If you remember the priestly blessing there in the book of Numbers, the priest would bless the Israelites and he would say, May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and may he lift up his countenance upon you. May God in a way take the light that he is and shine that into you. In the same way, the ministry of Christ is to give light. Christ is not only to forgive us of our sins, but Christ is to bring us into newness and into light. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is also light giving. It's his ministry to unveil us and to bring us into glory, one degree upon another upon another. So the entire triune God is light giving. Among all of the many things God does for us, light is the ministry of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You cannot say that you belong to God and that you have a walk with God and perpetually remain in darkness and stumble around in confusion. That simply means that although you're saved in the name of Jesus the Christ, you're probably not in the ministry of the triune God. And when I say we're in the ministry of the triune God, I I dare not say that God discloses to us all that he is and all that he knows. All I'm saying is that when you're under Father, Son, and Holy Spirit's ministry, then there should be a transfusion and a dispensing of his nature of light into you. And by God, you should be able to see more and more as the days go by. That is, you should see more of who this beautiful God is, who this marvelous Christ is, who this wonderful Holy Spirit is that lives within us. The scriptures in and of itself is also a ministry of light. The psalmist would say, the word of God is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. Thank you, God, for the written word of God by which we receive instruction and correction and admonition. That is, we receive light. We know what is darkness and we know what is really light. The apostles, notably the apostle Paul, also considered their ministries to be ministries of light. That's why Paul wrote all of the letters he did. That's why Peter wrote and John wrote, and that's why Matthew wrote his gospel. They wrote to inform, to enlighten, and to disclose the gospel of God in Jesus Christ. The triune God, the scriptures itself, and the first century apostolic ministry, it was all the ministry of light. And can I ask you, since you're under the Father and since you've been under the Word of God and under the ministry of the Gospels and 
the ministry of the Apostle Paul. And how much light have you received? Are you walking with God in a deeper and a more thorough consecrated way than ever before because of the light that you have received? Well, today, that is our topic of discussion. The spiritual man is taught by God, by the scriptures, and through the apostolic ministry. Towards what end? Towards the knowing of God. Job chapter 37, verses 19 through 21 in the message. If you're so smart, give us a lesson in God. We're in the dark. We can't figure him out. Do you think I'm dumb enough to challenge God? Wouldn't that just be asking for trouble? No one in his right mind stares straight at the sun on a clear and cloudless day. As so well said. And even though we are incapable of staring straight into God, nevertheless, the Lord is burdened to reveal Himself to you. If we are of a certain condition, empty, poor, contrite, we're not fat and heavy in our hearing, but we're open, we're vulnerable, and we come before the Lord as children, not as scholars. And you have to check with your experience how much of your interaction with God has been on a scholarly level versus just a child, infant level. If the Lord sees something in you, then it's His good pleasure to let the sun shine in all its glory. But if the Lord sees a little something in us that's lifted up, a little off, a little ambitious, vainglorious, contentious, argumentative, then He blocks Himself from us. But I do want you to know it's the burden of God that you would see. It's the burden of Satan that you would be in darkness. So on the back of your notes there, light is a central theme in God's burden for man. We have five points I want to work through. Number one, light is the intrinsic nature of God. Just as life is God's nature, spirit is God's nature, eternity, or shall we say timelessness, is God's nature, even so, God is light. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. And this is the message which we have heard from Him. And we announce this message also to you. What is this message? God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. Praise the Lord. The Lord is not only life-giving, Spirit imparting, eternal, God is also light. 
And you, as the child of God, you're a recipient of the light, the revelation, the understanding of God. Point number two, the beginning and the end of the biblical record deals with light. You see there in Genesis 1 verse 3 that God spoke, let there be light. It's as though God cannot handle darkness because it's incompatible with His nature. So wherever God is, light is. Wherever Satan is, confusion, darkness is. Turning your Bibles to Revelation chapter 21. Because you see, not only in the beginning of the biblical narrative is there the revelation of God being a light giving God. But you see also, when it all wraps up, light is still the main issue. Verse 23. And the city has no need of the sun. What does the sun give? Light. But notice the new Jerusalem, which by the way, everybody, if you have an ear to hear, The new Jerusalem is something coming, for sure. But that city that's coming, it's not a city, it's really a bride. You can go read it there, it's actually a woman. But John uses the imagery, or God reveals the imagery of a city to portray a bride. But now listen carefully, listen carefully. This beautiful city is coming, no doubt. But it typifies what the bride of Christ is all about. Not only then, but also now. And you see that in that new Jerusalem, the sun does not need to shine anymore. That bride does not live by natural light. She lives by God light. Not only then are we going to live by the light of God, even now, saints, the bride is to live by revelation, by God's light, not by earth's natural light. That is, we do not live by the light we receive from culture, what we receive from the age, the light we receive from experiences and opinions and philosophies. We live by the light of God, even today. Is everybody with me? So we know the new Jerusalem is coming, but the new Jerusalem typifies the bride of Christ, and the bride of Christ is even here today. So it says here, The city has no need of the sun or of the moon that they should shine in it, for the glory of God illumined it, and its lamp is the Lamb. That's what Paul says, Christ in me is the hope of glory. God Himself, through Christ, shines into you and I now. In other words, Jesus wants His church to live by His impartation of light, not by the natural light we receive from the world. Now come back a little bit to the tabernacle. In the tabernacle, there was the outer court where the sun shone on that outer court. And we, we dealt with sacrifice and we dealt with the washing according to the natural sun. But the deeper you go into the tabernacle, the closer I come to the presence of God, the more natural light is obscured. 
when we come a little deeper into the tabernacle, there's a lamp that now is the light, not the sun. And when we go even deeper into the tabernacle to the hidden place, that closet place, that secret place, there is no natural light. And that's where the presence of God is the light. So you see here in the New Jerusalem, it does not need the light of the outer court. It's the light from the Holy of Holies that illuminates the church. By the way, how do you and I live the church life? Most of us live by the light of our senses, the light of our culture, the light of good versus evil. And God has ordained that the new Jerusalem, that is the bride, lives in the holy of holies, lives by the Shekinah glory of God. When people look at us, they should see us not according to the world and the age, but they should see us lit up by God himself. It's a beautiful picture. So you see here, and the nations will walk in its light, verse 24, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it, and its gates shall by no means be shut by day, for there will be no more night there. So you see in the beginning of the Bible, light is present. At the end of the Bible, light is present, but no more natural light. Spiritual, divine, glory, God himself as the light. On your notes, point number three. Light is the blessing that God wants to bestow upon his people. You see in number six, verse 24, it says, the Lord makes his face to shine upon you. You remember the blessing, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine. God wants you to manifest his face, his visage, and he lifts up his countenance upon you. God wants you to be in the light. God is the giver of light. Also in Isaiah 60, it says, Arise and shine, for your light has come. It's a messianic prophecy. Arise, shine. God wants to shine on you. Saints, Jesus says it over and over. It is the heart of God to reveal himself to you, to lift up light in your being. Light that is not a light by a candle, a light by the sun, but a light by God himself. We need such a walk with the Lord where the Lord is our revelation. Amen. Um, I want you to notice also here, um, point number four, light is not only the nature of God, light is not only in the beginning and the end of the Bible, light is not only something that God wants to impart into you, but light is the very ministry of Christ. And I listed for you here several references where Christ speaks about him wanting to be light to you. The first one is in John chapter 1 and verse 18. It says, No one has ever seen God, but the only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared God. So what was Jesus' ministry all about? The ministry of revelation. The ministry of 
declaring, unveiling. None of us have ever seen God. You can't see Him with your natural eye. And when people come and tell you, hey, I've seen God, listen to their heart. Listen to what their heart is saying. But your natural eye cannot see God. And the Lord is emphatic. No one has ever seen God. But Christ came and He made Him visible to you. Christ came to define God for you, to clarify, to interpret God for you, to put God on display. So we say Christ is the embodiment of God. Christ is the visible image of the one nobody can see. So what was Christ's ministry? A ministry of revelation. A ministry of revelation. If Christ truly ministers to you and I, then you and I should come into a proper vision of who God the Father is. Amen? We should not hide from Him. We should know His heart. We should feel comfortable in His presence. We should be whole, secure, confident. But if Christ does not minister to me and I do not accept His ministry, then you and I are going to run from God, hide from God, be afraid of God, guilty before God. Matthew 4, verse 16, it says, The people sitting in darkness have seen a great light. And to those sitting in the region of the shadow of death, to them light has risen. Arise and shine. The light has come to you. This is the ministry of Christ. In John chapter 1 and verse 4, it says, In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. Here you see the ministry of Christ is to make you see, to make you understand. Revelation. John chapter 1 and verse 9. It says, This was the true light which coming into the world enlightens every man. Do you see Jesus' ministry not only as life-giving, but God-revealing? He enlightens you. God is the giver of revelation. Praise the Lord. John chapter 3, verse 19. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, but men love the darkness rather than the light. Because their works were evil. Again, here's an indication of the Lord's ministry. is to shine upon us. To unveil us. To make us see. If Christ ministers to you, you should be a seeing person. To the extent that you see is evidence that Christ is ministering to you. If you're stumbling constantly and do not see, then it's proof that Christ is not your minister, your pastor, your Messiah. One of the ministries was to deal with sin. Yes. But one of His ministries was to unveil you, take the scales away, get you out of darkness so you could see. Saints, We need to pray this into us a little bit. Lord, minister light to me. I receive revelation from you. Jesus, minister to me. Not only your life in salvation, 
but your light in revelation. We want revelation. Look at John chapter 9, verse 5. Jesus said that while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. John 9, verse 39. This is a sobering verse. Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see would become blind. Uh Uh-oh. This is quite sobering. Jesus came to reveal the Father. Jesus came as a sacrifice, as your substitute. He came as the perfect man. He came for so many reasons to destroy the works of the devil, to set you free. But notice, I have come to also bring judgment into this world. What type of judgment? A judgment of blindness versus a blessing of sight. Isn't that interesting? And then notice here how he says, to those of us who think we can see, his judgment makes you blind. And to those of us who just admit, Lord, I cannot see, he comes to impart light. So, he is both the giver of light and the giver of stupidity a spirit of stupor, under which ministry of Christ have you been living? Under His ministry of light or under His ministry of blindness? Both come from God. Isn't that interesting? We read a little earlier in Matthew, did we not, that to some that have, God will give more, and to some that do not have, God takes away. We even sing such a song, you give and... Yeah, whoa. Does that connect another dot for you? God can give, God can take away. And this is His judgment. It's for those of us who admit, Lord, I've got nothing to offer you. I don't have interpretation. He opens up your eyes. And those of us, oh, we think we've got the Bible figured out. Oh, we've heard it. I've got the t-shirt. See, it says so. We experience the sealing, this blinding. The Bible becomes just closed to us. We read it every day, but we don't have a clue what we read. You're under the ministry of Jesus' judgment. Isn't that interesting? So the Lord came for many purposes, to seek and to save, to destroy, to blind. I find that interesting. John chapter 11, verses 9. Jesus said, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, that is, if he walks in Christ, who is the day, the real day, by the way, he does not stumble because he sees the light of the world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. And lastly, there, under the ministry of Christ as light, John chapter 12, he says, While you have the light, that is, while you have Christ, believe into the light so that you may become sons of light. Sons that don't stumble. Sons that understand. Sons that can walk 
with God. So saints, how's your life in God? Is it a stumbling walk of just kind of groping in the dark? Or is it a confident walk in the light? That would tell you how much you accept the ministry of light that Jesus came to give. Point number one, God's nature is to give life. Point number two, the entire Bible is a record of life. It starts with life and light. It wraps up with life and light. Uh, it's the blessing of God. It's the burden, the desire, the good pleasure of God to lift up light in your being, to create your path, a light-giving path, so that you can see and Walk and don't stumble. We see here, number four, that it's the ministry of Jesus to give you light. But then number five, it is also the ministry of Paul. Paul was burdened to bring light into the pagan world of his day. So go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and pick up on verse... Uh, um, well, let's just start verse 1 and we'll, we'll follow it through to um, verse 5 or so. Therefore, having this ministry as we have been shown mercy, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, not adulterating the word of God, but by the manifestation of the truth. This is what revelation is. It's the manifestation of the truth commending ourselves to every conscience of men before God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. So saints, in an essence, Paul is saying, our ministry is to unveil you. This is what the gospel is doing, is to unveil people. But if you don't want to be unveiled... It's not because we didn't do our best or preach the truth. It's because you refuse to accept the light, the unveiling. And verse 4, he says, To those who are perishing, that, that refuses to be unveiled, to receive the light, it says, The God of this age has blinded the thoughts of the unbelievers, that the illumination, the shining of the gospel of the glory of Christ... Christ, who is the image of God, should not shine on them. So can you see the gospel that Paul was preaching was a gospel of light. And here's the ministry of Satan to veil us, to blind us, to darken my understanding. And here comes Paul. This was his burden. People need to see. So the word that he was speaking was a revelatory word. It was the truth. It was the light. Paul had the same ministry of Christ. What ministry do you have nowadays? Do you inspire people or do you light people up? I know which one I want to be a part of. I want to be a part of a ministry that switches on the light. Of course, I can't give you the light, but the gospel itself, who is just the person of Christ, is the light. But you see a battle here. 
God wants to speak light into people, reveal himself to people. And Satan says, uh-uh-uh-uh-uh. Close that curtain. We'd love to stay in darkness. Stumble everywhere. Paul said, no. I'm preaching Christ as the illumination of the gospel. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord, and ourselves merely as slaves for the sake of Jesus. Because the God who said, out of darkness, light shall shine, is the one who shined into our hearts to illuminate the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Meditate those verses out and get back to me in seven months. It's just that awesome. It's beautiful. It's the ministry of Paul is to bring light to people. Go back to Romans chapter 13 verse 12. Verse 11 says, And this knowing the time that it is already the hour for you to be raised from your sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we first believed. The night is far advanced and the day has drawn near. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and put on the weapons of light. Paul exhorts the saints to walk in the day, to walk in the light. Paul's writing, are we not so blessed to have the book of Romans and Corinthians and Galatians and Ephesians and Galatians? What's happening in these writings? He's dispensing light into the saints who otherwise are stumbling everywhere, wondering about everything in the desert. We're not in the good land. This was Paul's ministry, is to instruct people in the revelation of God. I want such a ministry. I want such a ministry of imparting light into people. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 5. So then do not judge anything before the time until the Lord comes who will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and make manifest the counsels of the hearts and then there will be praise to each from God. Paul describes the ministry of Jesus here. That's the ministry of enlightenment and seeing and manifestation and revelation. And I just want you to know, this is Paul's ministry too. Go to Ephesians chapter 3. Paul says, and to enlighten, chapter 3 verse 9, and to enlighten all that they may see what the economy of the mystery is, which throughout the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things, in order that now to the rulers and the authorities and the heavenlies, the multifarious wisdom of God might be made known through the church. But focus there on verse 9. Paul is praying. Paul is just praying. He is ministering. He is speaking the issues of light that we would be enlightened. Yeah? Look at chapter 5, verse 8. Paul speaks about how you, who once were in darkness, but now you are light in the world. That's what Jesus speaks about. You're the salt of the earth. You're the light. We should be people who see Paul says, we are the light in the Lord. So he says, walk then as children 
of light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness, all righteousness, and all truth, which is reality. So again, how much light is in you and I? Paul says that light consists of the nature of God, which is goodness, of the righteousness of God, which is the standard of God, and the reality. This is what God ministers to you is light. Paul says, walk in it. And by the way, this is proof that you're in the light, that you can see that you're good, righteous, and in reality. Notice also how Paul speaks in verse 13. But all things which are reproved are made manifest by the light. For everything that makes manifest is light. The more you're under the ministry of revelation, the more God makes manifest to you the things of God and the things of darkness. You don't even know there's dirt on your skin unless you come close to the light. The light makes manifest both the things of God and the things of darkness. So therefore, he says, awake, you guys who sleep, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. This was the ministry of Christ. It's the ministry of Paul to speak forth this light. Notice also in the beginning stages of Ephesians, I kept this for last. Go to chapter 1. He says in verse 16, We uh, do not cease giving thanks for you, and we always pray for you. Now notice this prayer. Notice how many words of light and revelation are in the following verses. Starting with verse 17. He says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Father of glory, that's an issue of light, by the way, may give to you a spirit of wisdom. That's an issue of light. And revelation. It's an issue of Light, in the full knowledge of Him. That's an issue of light. Verse 18, the eyes of your heart. That's an issue of seeing, an issue of light. That the eyes of your heart, having been enlightened, there's another word, that you may know. That word know is an issue of light. What is the hope of His calling? So saints, notice in just a few verses all the possible words Paul can come up with that he's praying for the saints. I want glory in you. I'm praying that a spirit of wisdom would come upon you. I'm praying that you would have revelation, full knowledge, that the eyes of your heart would be opened, enlightened, activated, and that you would know all these words pertaining to one thing, light. God wants to give you light. Acts chapter 2 verse 17 where Peter prophesies from the book of Joel and he connects the prophecy in Joel to the, the day of Pentecost. And he says, It shall be in the last days, 
says God, that I will pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. They will speak for God. And your young men, they're going to see visions. They're going to see. And you guys are going to dream dreams. What do you, what's the thing that happens in a dream? You see, do you not? Of course, in dreams, you, not, you don't have understanding. That's why all dreams many times have to be interpreted, right? But what happens, what's the primary thing in a dream? Is that you see. Now listen, when Peter prophesies this, he has taken a hold of God's heart so marvelously. God's heart is that you would have visions. That is, you would have light, understanding, that you would see beyond the natural. That's a vision, by the way. That you would dream. What is a dream? A dream is something that happens in my subconscious and even something that comes from the Spirit. What, Paul, what Peter is hinting at is that God wants you to see in another way and hear in a different way than you've ever heard. It's the burden of God. It's the ministry of God that you would see. Paul even says here in Acts 26, he says, this is what the gospel is, is that your eyes would be opened to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light and from the authority of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of their sins and an inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in me. Paul speaks the same word in Colossians. You have been taken out of the authority, the kingdom of darkness, and you've come into the good land of the Son of God, of life of light, of spirit, of love. This is Paul's ministry, Jesus' ministry. This is apostolic ministry at its best. When we do prophetic and apostolic ministry, it is so that we come into the light. And that's why you're at the school. We're not here to inspire you. We're here to instruct you and to take a hold of revelation. It's our deepest need is to see. Are you with me? Let's uh, wrap up in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and let's pick it up in verse 12. The ministry of Paul is that we would see. Of course, Paul can't give us light, but the person whom he was preaching and the person by whom he was living is what it's all about. Therefore, since we have such hope, we use much boldness. Here you see that Paul had an inner vision, so he could be very strong in his presentation. He had a hope for what's going to happen to people, and therefore he was bold in his ministry. We're not like Moses, who put a veil on his face so that the sons of Israel would not gaze at the end of that which was being done away with. Notice the word veiled. What Paul's going to hint at here, he's comparing himself to Moses' ministry. He says, Moses' ministry is largely a ministry of obscurity. Not me, Paul. My ministry is to unveil you. Moses' ministry was to put a veil up 
My ministry is to unveil you. Moses' ministry, Moses' face had glory, but it dissipated. Paul says, the ministry that I'm telling you about, Christ, it's actually intensifying in glory, not dissipating. Y'all with me? Can you believe the audacity that he has to compare himself to the champion of the Jewish cause? I'm not like Moses. Moses' glory is fading away. The ministry that God has given to me is increasing in glory. No wonder the Jews had a hissy fit with Paul wherever he went. Because he spoke like this. He was taking the man of God, comparing himself to that man and saying, my ministry is nothing like his. I've got a better ministry. Can you see why the Jews, why the Jews did not stomach Paul well? Verse 14, their thoughts were hardened. For until the present day, the same veil remains at the reading of the Old Covenant. In a way, Paul is saying, as long as you're under the ministry of Moses, you are being veiled. He says, it not being unveiled to them that the veil is being done away with in Christ. <gasps> Moses' ministry obscures the things of God, the glory of God. Christ's ministry obliterates that veil, that curtain, that blindness. Indeed, unto this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Moses' ministry blinds you. Paul's ministry in Christ and the person whom he ministered unveils you. It's a ministry of sight. But whenever their heart turns to the Lord the veil is taken away. Earlier we said that your heart plays a critical role in seeing. If your heart is fat, you become veiled. If your heart is thin and poor, impoverished, meek and gentle, you're unveiled. Do you see that? So Paul says here, as long as you're under the ministry of Moses, your heart is hardened. And your heart is turned away from Christ. But if you, in humility, can put your heart towards Christ, immediately you'll be unveiled. And the Lord is the Spirit. There's proof. That Christ is the Spirit. The Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Now what's the context of that freedom, student of the Scripture? Freedom from blindness. Freedom from being veiled. Yes, the Lord's going to set you free from drugs and habits and issues and hurts. And absolutely, amen. But that's not the context. Is it okay if we sometimes just speak the context? 
Is that okay with y'all's theology? Or must we always read into it other stuff that you want it to, to, to say? The context of the Spirit setting you free is the context of the veil being removed, blindness stopping in your life, night stopping, and you're living in the glory, the shining, the revelation, the knowing of God. Amen? Can you see that in your Bible? But we all with unveiled face, beholding and reflecting like a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. We've been unveiled. We've arisen. We're shining by the light of God, by the presence, by the person, by the life, by the nature of God in Christ, who is the Spirit. We see. We've been enlightened. We have revelation, understanding, wisdom, comprehension. We don't stumble, and we're, being, we're walking in it more and more and more, and we're even being changed into God who is light. Light is the glory. The shining is the weight of God. Yeah? And who does all of this? The Spirit of the Lord. <gasps> no matter which way we turn, under Paul's ministry, you're going to have to walk and be in the Spirit. We mentioned this earlier today, that your natural man can receive nothing from God, but it's been given to you in your spirit, by the Holy Spirit. You're a spiritual man. And here he says, this glorious transformation, seeing more, reflecting God more, shining by the shining of God. All these things happen because of the Spirit of God. Remember there in the beginning, God said, let there be light. But you know what was right there? The hovering Spirit. Remember the Spirit was hovering over creation? Why? To partner with God to bring light. We did not go into that, but there's many, many prophetic overtones there. The Spirit brings you into the light into the reality. And who is the Spirit? Christ, who has the ministry of light. So, how do you know you're in the ministry of Paul, the apostles, of Christ, of the Spirit? It's when you walk in the light. You won't stumble. This, by the way, is the good land that God wants to bring you into. Let's go for it. If it's God's heart, let's, let's, let's be mendicant and receive it. Let's be tender, meek, humble. Let's receive it. If God wants to give glory, hey, we've all fallen short of that. By all means, poor Lord. I'm ready for it. I'll close with this. If your Christian life lacks light, then you may be under the Lord's ministry of salvation but you're still lacking the Lord's ministry of glorification. Lighting up your face and putting His light on you. We need not just the blood ministry of Christ, we need the seeing, unveiling ministry of Christ. You all with me? So, don't 
Just refer to your Christian life as that I got my ticket out of hell and I'm going to heaven and stumble forth in the darkness. No, no, no. The blood was just for the beginning of our Christian life. Now we need the Lord's Spirit to shine and unveil us day by day. It's a process from glory to glory. So seek out the ministry of the Lord's light, understanding, discernment, those words. When you come before Him, Lord, speak to me, shine on me. Spirit, hover over this passage. In my prayer time, hover over this prayer time, this worship time, my swim time, my cooking time. Lord, would you hover over it and enlighten me in it and speak to me, Lord. We know we can pray such a way because Jesus said it's the Father's good pleasure.